Hello, I'm Helen Arney and of course I'm here with my fabulous co-host Dorothy Brown and we'd like to welcome you to our podcast Out of the Frying Pan. This is the podcast where we're chatting to people that have stepped out of their comfort zones, whether it's in business or in their personal lives, and we'll be discussing with them their highs and lows, and importantly, what they've learnt and can share with us along the way. We're joined today by Julia Commode, who is the founder of iWork, that supports the millions of workers who trade either through a freelance, temporary or self-employed basis. Julia is actually also a regular podcaster herself um, in her support of fighting for workers' rights. And there's so many achievements to talk about with you, Julia. Um, I know we've talked to you, Dorothy, about Julia, and I don't know where to start. So, I, I would like to start <laughs> with when you went north for your dream job. Mm. And then, from what you said... Uh, it wasn't. It didn't turn out to be. So, what was it? What did it feel like to go and do something that you so wanted to do, and then didn't turn out to be what you expected it to be? Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so this was um, this was my dream job. Um, so, so when I was younger, I actually wanted to be a scientist, um, and wow. that that didn't really pan out. But I but that that was my aspiration. I wanted to work in research. Now. It takes a particular type of person to work in research and a particular type of dedication, um, etc. And basically, I don't have that. <laughs> so, so I love science and I love the ideas behind science um, and and lots lots of stuff like that. But actually, doing the lab work wasn't really for me. So anyway, to to bring me to to your question. The, the job um, that I that I went for was as chief executive of the Bone Cancer Research Trust. Um, and it was my dream job because um, we all know someone who's affected by cancer. Um, mm-hmm. When I was at school, a school friend of mine had bone cancer and didn't survive. And so there's, there's a lot of stuff that, for me, this was my dream job. And it, it didn't really pan out. Um, and, and I think really it's... It didn't pan out for lots of reasons. I don't think I was the right person for the job, and I don't think the organisation was the right organisation for me. So I think it, it it went kind of in two ways, and it it was it was really quite difficult because I had obviously relocated um, for the job, and as the dawning realisation that it wasn't working out um, kind of took place within about six months, and and you. And when you've relocated for something and, and you care about it, because I, I care yeah. about the organization still mm-hmm. now. I wish them every success in what they're doing. They do brilliant, brilliant work, but it wasn't the right role for me. Um, and and it's hard when, when, when you suddenly realize that. And it, I did a quite a lot of soul searching around it. Um, I didn't really want to move on so quickly because then you're faced with when you're looking for another job um do people then make judgments if you've not been in your current job long etc uh, mm. etc et but anyway i i i reflected on my career and i realized that the stuff i liked was actually around membership organizations rather than charities and mm. so that that made me then apply for a role at um, FCSA, which is a membership organization for accountants and umbrella firms who support freelancers and contractors. Yeah. And so I went for that job and I was delighted to get it. And, you know, I haven't looked back since, but I still very much love the charity sector. But actually membership is, is it was 
it was my thing. Um, and then that then led me into what I'm currently doing, which is championing um, the, the rights and empowering people who work um, in, in non-traditional ways, whether that's as temps or contractors, freelancers, self-employed, anyone that's working but not in permanent employment. So, um, gosh, that was a really long answer for, for quite a straightforward question. <laughs> well, I, I think that's where our, our paths crossed originally when, when I sort of first met you um, was through the, the work that you'd done really with the FCSA and, and how mm. you sort of really championed that. And I, I guess looking back then that that's probably that moment where you think yes that's your niche that's as you said that that was the right thing for you to do but it's really hard sometimes isn't it to make that leap and to realize that um you know it's quite easy sometimes to sit back and say oh well I'll just I'll keep going here I'll keep slogging away and see it something's going to change it will be fine and then the years just tick by so actually the fact that you were able to make that leap yeah is amazing yeah and I, I sort of look back on so I, I've done different things over the years and I sort of look back on it and think okay well I think I was always looking for that thing I could really get behind and I started off thinking it was science um, but actually the thing I can really get behind is supporting people who who are forgotten in many mm. ways um, in in relation to how they work and that I think I'm right that at least 20% of the UK's workforce are not in permanent employment, they're working in other ways. And that's a really large minority of people and the government don't prioritize Mm. other ways of working that is not that is not employment. And and you kind of think, well that's okay, that's not a problem because most people are employed. But actually there are times when policies come out that that actually really are detrimental to to this part of of the workforce. And it's really important. And actually, it's what keeps the economy going. Because whenever whenever a company is kind of up against it, what do you do? You bring in people on a short-term basis to bring those skills that you need, Mm. um, whether that's as a consultant, an interim, temporary workers, whatever. Um, So they're hugely important and underrepresented. So yeah. I've set myself a huge job to try and change the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I can understand that. I mean, obviously, with a lot of the work that you do, Dorothy, and, and I assist you with, it, it's that the directors of their own limited companies, um, so they're not tr- traditional employees. You know, no. when you look at some of these mm. guys and they're on paper, they're, they're earning less than the minimum wage. And, yeah. you know, it, and working because, seven days a week quite yes, often. And, yeah, and it's not, absolutely. You know, they're, they're good at something, so maybe they're good at being a carpenter. Um, and then at the weekends, they've got to be administrator and mm. do all of, all of that work. Bookkeepers yeah, and, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, and have yeah. more than one string to their bow, which uh, you seem to have as well, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I, I sort of. Um, I'm one of these. I, I'm like, oh well, I'll give it a go. I'm, I'm a real give it a go sort of a person. So, so yeah, it's, it it has taken a while for me to find what I love doing. But when you when you do find it, it makes such a difference. Um, and and actually, I'm obviously one of these um, people that that is working for myself. And to to not be constrained in any way and be have that freedom to do what you want is is brilliant um of course there are downsides as well there's always yeah, downsides sure. to, every, to everything mm. but um but yeah it really works out for me mm. and it, it's having what we call the, the 
we would like to say the balls, but it's not necessarily the balls <laughs> that people think. But having the the courage, courage, and th- that's quite often what we've mm. talked about is where did we get that courage from mm. to go and do something having been in corporate world for a very long period of time both of us um and i i keep saying i just did it mm. and and i can't tell yeah. you what that did it came where that came from and that's that's trying to understand that is is taken a long time and I, d- I still don't understand where I got mm. it from but well yeah. I think with you Julie I mean I know you yeah. you said you know you are very ambitious there is obviously that drive um and I guess that's a lot of it isn't it that you you do just you do just have that that kick up the backside from yourself almost yeah yeah um and you know not not everyone has has that and that's fine and some people are very happy to to do do their normal job um every day and and you know that's that's brilliant but for me i've I've always been striving for that for that next um that next thing and you know I've, i suppose i'm lucky in a way because i don't have this corporate background i've only ever worked for small organizations and and you, you know i've got that very much um ethos that if you don't if you don't get on and do something no one's going to do it for yes, you yeah, because yeah. because of my charity background as, as well um as, as small organizations you know it, it is on you and and so if if you don't take steps to change something it's not going to happen so mm. so mm. yeah maybe maybe i'm just really selfish because i just want to <laughs> do what makes me happy um, well that's <laughs> so, a good so thing that's a good thing well, I, I know you've been certainly sort of taking on the world, definitely, because I'm, you know, obviously you've lobbied Parliament and and all the the issues that you know from you founding iWork, um, obviously came about because of the issues, I guess, with the furlough scheme and and how different yeah. um, different workers were treated. Um, so you know, yeah, yeah. H- how's that been? You're you're spot on because um, yeah, so I. At the time of the start of the pandemic, which I can't believe is now two years, two but anyway, years. at yes. that time I was I was still at SCSA, um, still very happy representing the the umbrellas and the accountants that, that support these workers. Um, but what we found really difficult was the government's furlough scheme and job retention scheme didn't didn't really accommodate temporary workers. Self-employed people were supported to an extent through the self-employed income support scheme, mm-hmm. um, but actually, limited company directors and any uh, and, and other other similar types of people work, um, working not in permanent employment were completely forgotten. Um, mm. And we we I lobbied really hard to try and get get the, get things changed. And it wasn't just me. There was loads loads mm. of different organisations doing it, and there was. A group of um, they called themselves Forgotten, um, and and um, and there was there were some other groups as well, um, and I think probably about three million people were actually missed out of government support in one way or another, and I mm. just thought this is this is atrocious, um, and that's partly why I set up I work, and the other part to it is very interlinked in terms of people losing their jobs um, and therefore then looking at what to do. Would they set up as self-employed? Would they go temping? Um, and, and all of that stuff was stuff that I've got knowledge about, and I basically didn't want all these people to be at risk of being exploited one way or another, yeah. um, either deliberately or unintentionally, because 
anyone new to looking at different ways of working, you're not going to know everything that that might might possibly crop up. Mm. Um, so, so you know, that, that's why I work with Born. And bearing in mind, I was very happy at SPSA and, <laughs> and to, to 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 be faced with kind of jumping from that stable, enjoyable job to doing something by myself was was actually like, wow, <laughs> how is that going to work then? But but. As I say, I I love it. I, it. It's worked out really, really well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know we, we've talked about how, you know, e- even in what we do, that just that being able to help somebody and mm. n- not just sort of sit and dictate advice to them and, and, you know, you can and you can't do that, but actually genuinely listen to their problems and their issues and concerns and actually, you know, whether we can, we can't always wave a magic wand, but being able to support through whatever means we can is I mean I I love it It, it's the the best part of doing what we do I think that you know that satisfaction you get from your clients and and peers and I I went to see um, a chap the other week uh, and he told me he'd woken up very very stressed about the meeting with me and yes it, it's it is a sad situation oh. the company will have to close down but he'd done a lot of the work and he'd gone through the process of um the grief as well and at the end of the meeting he says mm. oh you have put my mind at rest can i give you a hug <laughs> now you don't often get oh that my goodness. but yeah oh wow yeah, yeah. i yeah. mean it's That's... nothing to do with what I do in terms of the legal side of what I do, but to have mm. that influence over somebody so that they can go to bed that night and sleep and rest mm. and know that somebody else has cares enough to help them. Um, and yeah. yes, it, it is a process that you have to go through that I do, but you know, I do listen and make sure that they're aware. And my question quite often, as I tell Helen, we talk about is, okay, I can deal with all that other stuff. What are you going to do next? What's your plan? Mm. Because it, yeah. you've got to have a plan. Mm. To, yeah. I'm, I'm such a big fan of having a plan. So, so like what, what we've said um, about go for it and everything, don't just go for it without a plan for goodness yeah. sake. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, ideally, ideally have a plan for a couple of different scenarios. Um, mm. And, and, you know, um, yeah, definitely always have a plan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and talk about your scenarios. So for what you're doing with iWork, I presume that you, you meet people who are going to say, right, I'm going off into self-employment. What do I do? And if it, this doesn't happen or yeah. that doesn't happen or this happens, what do I have to do then? Mm-hmm. Mm. yeah ex- exactly and I, I always think if you, if you can deal with the worst case scenario you can deal with anything so so you know if, if um i was talking to someone and and he made a decision to to not accept his dream job um because he thought it wasn't actually his dream job um and it was a, it was an amazing opportunity he would have been really rich but he was like no i want to follow my dream i want to work for myself and he said you know um, the worst that will happen is I lose lose all the money that I've built up in, in employment. And he, he said, if I can deal with that and, and think that's okay, but at least I'm pursuing my dream, um, then, you know, and yeah, his, his backup plan is, is, well, I'll just start again. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, go find something else to do if it doesn't work out. The, his worst case is losing losing his money, his nest egg. Um, and he probably won't, it probably won't happen, but... 
you know, that's that's what he's figured out. Mm, mm. Obviously, you've, um, I mean, I know recently we've, I've seen on, uh, I follow you on LinkedIn, obviously. So I've seen uh, very recently you, your support of other people, um, and it's it's caused a, a few uh, ripples at the moment. If I don't know if you if you're happy to talk about that, what's going yes. on at the moment? Yes, I I am. Yes, so um, so yeah, this this was a big out of the frying pan moment for for me actually, um, and and what happened um, was, was there was. There's an expose whereby a large company hasn't been paying holiday pay, or well, I should re- I should retract that. A large company hasn't paid holiday pay to one contractor. So that that's what the evidence says. Nice. Um, I uh, the suspicion is that it's going on uh, on mass. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, the point being, I. Um, I promoted the evidence um, that, that, that I saw and wrote an article on iWorks website about this situation. Um, didn't really think too much more of it because it wasn't my evidence. I was repurposing what was already out there um, by someone else. And I then got some legal letters from the company in question. And now, bearing in mind, this is a company that I know quite well and I know their senior staff pretty well oh, i was gosh. really shocked to get legal letter for defamation now i i don't believe i have um i have said or done anything to defame them i just reported on the facts as, as they were mm. um and, and anyway it, this has been going backwards and forwards i offered them a right to reply um i've i've, I've offered them you know everything i i don't mind there's always two sides to every story yeah. mm-hmm. um so this is going backwards and forwards, and I got to the point yesterday where I'm just like, people need to know about this. Um, so I published their legal letters, um, and they, they said within their legal letters, this is not for publica- publication. However, I haven't agreed to that, so it's within my rights to, mm-hmm. to publish um, their, their letters and their correspondence. So, so I did that because I thought people need to know what's going on. And, I've just been overwhelmed with the the amount of support that that's come forward, and and the, the what I've put on LinkedIn has has been seen by way more people probably than my original article, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and and actually, this company is probably not being seen in the best light at the moment yeah. as a result, and it's their own silly fault. It's mm. so frustrating because. I was willing to talk to them and work with them and come up with a solution that we were happy with, but they didn't do that. They just went straight to legal letters. Mm. Um, and uh, and that, that I think is wrong. And it's the big company throwing their weight around um, and trying to control the narrative. And that's, that's not what it's about. We need freedom of speech. We need to be able to talk about the problems that that are, that are going on out there. Mm, um, mm. Well, and, and like you say, yeah, to, to support all of the all of the workers that work for these large yeah. companies. Yeah. Mm. Exactly, exactly. And I, I was absolutely terrified when when I clicked post. I was Ooh. like, oh, I don't Ooh. want to do this. But, but actually, yeah. When you think of the number of workers affected, I mean, I, I don't know for sure how many workers are are on this company's books, but I do know in general um, that, that this will be taking place with thousands of workers not receiving their holiday. And their holiday is paid for by the company who they're doing work for. So, for example, you might have a temporary bookkeeper, might be doing some work for 
a company, that company will pay them the holiday, but because it's going through this intermediary firm, and because this um, this individual didn't claim their holiday within the holiday year, they've they've not they they've sat on the money yeah. um, and not not paid it across. I'm really sorry. That's too detailed for your podcast. No, 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 no. Not, <laughs> that's, that's, that's fine. fine. <laughs> what what intrigues me is why the why the intermediary did not say to their um, employee do you not realise you should be asking us for your holiday pay? I mean, that's a responsible employer to make sure that they're doing what they should be doing for their employee. It just makes yeah, no sense. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. I, I completely agree with you. Um, and, of course, we, we won't know for sure whether there were those conversations going on because, obviously, that if there were, that's not in the evidence that was presented. Um, mm. And that would be best practice to, to do that, to make sure that, that that your employees do know that they've got this pot of money accruing for them and that they should be taking it. And of course, the company concerned, they have it written in their terms and conditions that you you if you fail to claim your holiday within a certain period, then you lose it. And it's not too dissimilar to any employment relationship mm-hmm. where if you don't take uh, your holiday, you lose it. Yeah. However, the point is, the end client who who the, per, who, who the person was working for has paid for this money. So this money is there specifically for holiday mm. that, that then this worker hasn't received. And it's that. Whether, whether it's legal within their terms and conditions or not, the moral argument, yes. I think, is that that should not have happened. Mm, mm. Yeah, it's yeah. all it's all about... I, well, it's easy to say, isn't it? It's all about doing the right thing, isn't it, surely? It's... Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. And and I, I don't I, I don't subscribe to the fact that doing the right thing is not possible when you're a big corporate. Now you you you're both from big corporate backgrounds and so you you probably have more insight than I do. But you know they, doing the right thing, supporting your staff, being ethical, being moral and there's there's a lot of stuff at the moment of course about about green issues and that's that side of things which is great and we we need that and so it is possible. There's loads of big companies out there that do really, really good things and it is possible to be moral and ethical, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Corporate social responsibility is really being um yeah. sort of emboldened very much so. And, and particularly if you think about Ukraine when um, McDonald's said that they were going to stay in um, Russia, it just took a few few hours of mm. people um, protesting over social media. No, you can't do that. Yeah. We are not going to go and buy our McDonald's. And suddenly you've got you've got people power. Mm. Um, mm. The pressure yeah. of that. So yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, I, I think, uh, I mean, I, I don't know whether I want, well, I do want to ask this question, but there's probably, I think I probably know the answer to it. But obviously, we ask all our um, our guests that come on, um, at what makes them smile? Um, whether it's whether it's in general, whether it's something this week, I mean, the glorious weather we've been having, but I think um, probably your answer is, is going to be a bit broader than that. So uh, what is it that makes you smile, Julia? <laughs> Oh, I'm intrigued as to what you think my answer will be. Um, <laughs> yeah. Actually, actually um, I have to say, this week for me, it, making me smile has just been walking my dogs in the sunshine. Um, mm. And and that, that you know, I, I, I joke that my dogs are my advisors. Well, they really are because you have that headspace um, to yep. be able to I think can relate about to that. <laughs> 
you're, you're not at your desk. Hopefully you haven't got your phone with you um, and you can just, you know, my, my dogs have got me out of all sorts of situations. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's, you've got to look after your mental health, actually. Yeah. And 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 you, you've got to have those moments where you can just be you. And that, that to me, is, is, is it. You know, mm. ideally, in the middle of nowhere, with no one else anywhere around me, it's perfect. With me and the dogs, perfect. Makes me smile yes. every time. Oh, brilliant. Well, it's it certainly is the, the simple things, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. very much uh, so. I think, yeah. yeah, very, yeah. very key. Um, okay, well, obviously, we, we've talked about um, you are a podcast yourself, so we will put um, your um, handles and all, all your details on our um, on our site. So, obviously, if, if anybody would uh, like to uh, follow Julia and listen to some of her podcasts, you might even uh, hear my voice at, uh, on one of them. Uh, but that'd be oh, great. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> but thank Perfect. you so much for coming along, Julia. Thank it's you. lovely to chat to you. You're really welcome. I've loved it. So, yeah, um, fantastic to see you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.